Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Eric Kuhner. So this evening, I want to talk to you about the weight of worry. The weight of worry. Not waiting on worry, but the actual weight. The, the, what it does, it weighs down on us. The weight of worry. I don't know how many of you have had those opportunities in your life. Maybe you've, you've sent out an invitation to somebody to come to your house. Maybe it's been Christmas time. Maybe it's been just a dinner in general and having somebody over. And it, but usually when that happens, what begins to, what takes place is when you invite them into your home, you've, all of a sudden you've got these preconceptions of what's going to take place. You begin to make the preparations. You begin to clean the house. You begin to do all these certain things. Let's, you know, just imagine it's like Christmas time and you're inviting people into your home. Well, all of a sudden you're beginning to think as these people show up, what are they going to think? What are they going to think of my house? What are they going to think of if I've got enough decorations up outside? What are they going to think when they come in? Is that, Do they like the living? Do they like the layout? Do they like, do they like the, the, the kitchen? Do they like all these different things? And so we begin to have all these thoughts as we're inviting somebody into our home because a lot of times we want, when people come in, we want to make a good impression. We want them to be generally relaxed and comfortable when they come in and, and enjoy the environment in which they walk in. But what we can do in the meantime with that, we can stress ourselves out. We can begin to create a lot of worry in ourselves because we're wanting to make a good impression on somebody. We're wanting them to enjoy themselves. So all of a sudden we go through all these things. We're, we're cooking the food. We've got everything just right. Well, we hope we got everything just right. And it leads us into when they walk into the house, what will they think? What we've done is we've created a, a list of things for ourselves that begin to not only worry us, but they begin to build on anxiety and stress. Because we do, we want to make a good impression. And it leads us into a story actually in, in Luke chapter 10, verses, and starting in verse 38 through 42. There's a story where Jesus was, was coming through Bethany and he was invited into Martha's home. So Martha invites Jesus up. I believe she knew he was going to be coming that way or was hoping he's going to be coming that way. And she's, when he comes, I want to invite him to my house. I want him to invite him, come him. I want him to be a guest. So you can think all of a sudden you've, you've had other guests come to your house for different things, but now Jesus is the guest that's coming to your house. Here's the one that everybody's been talking about. This is the one that's been doing miracles. And now I want to invite him into my home. And so you can imagine she gets frantic. She gets to the point of she's trying to prepare everything, trying to make it just right. Well, Martha also has this sister named Mary, who Mary's absolutely of no help, what she thinks. Martha's doing everything. Jesus comes up. They welcome him. They do the, 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 the greeting as they would do in any home and washing the feet with a kiss and all those things. And, but here's Martha. She's going around. And she's scrambling. She's getting this ready and she's getting that ready. And she's trying to serve and she's trying to get things out. And all of a sudden she's getting frantic, man. And she's all this stuff's going through her head because she's trying to make a good impression. She wants to do it right. But what's happened is Martha's kind of lost perspective of what's going on. She's got caught up in all the details and she's got caught up in all the things to do instead of being with the person of the guest that was invited to her home. She's trying to make sure you have this and you have that. And she's back and forth, back and back and forth. And eventually she gets to the point of maybe the boiling point in in everything that she's doing. And she, she looks to Jesus and she makes this command or this question of Jesus. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has let me do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. 
tell her to get off her butt that she's sitting there next to you and she's listening to what you have to say. She's welcoming you and in a different way she's in your presence. But I want her to come help me, so tell her to get up and come help me. I don't know of any guests that would you would do that. We'd walk in and you'd be like, hey, tell my kids to get in and clean the kitchen while I'm in here doing stuff. And you'd be like, what? Why would I... We don't do that with our guests, and we and, and definitely in this moment she should have done that with Jesus. She's she's looking at it, but she's thinking, Lord, look at me, that all I'm doing, running around like a chicken with its head cut off, trying to make everything happen, but I'm missing what's taking place in the room. I'm missing who is in the room, I'm missing the opportunity of a lifetime because I'm so worried about all these details. And it does, it's not saying that we don't have details that we have to take care of. It doesn't mean that there's still things that we don't have to do. But when we work ourselves into a, such a frenzy that we begin to worry, and all of a sudden we begin to have anxiety, and it begins to create the next thing in our life, worry just begins to produce something, one thing after another. And it's usually always a negative thing that happens in our life. Worry comes to a place where we begin to produce anxiety, begin to produce fear, it begins to produce stress. It begins to affect us in so many different ways. A lot of us get so consumed with so many things and so many worries in our life, and they just begin to build one on top of the other. But I love what Jesus says here. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary. Really only one thing. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So Mary had chosen the one good thing. All these other little details were not significant. Yes, they are things that need to be done, but they could have been done in a different manner. She could have taken a breath and just paused for a second and be like, you know what? This stuff is not going to burn, whatever she's doing, whatever she's having to do. Whatever she worked herself into friends, she could have just took a break. She could have stopped for a second and sat down in the presence of Jesus and been a true host that would have understood who was in the room. He's saying all these little things are trivial, but what's important is the one thing that you have with you. He's trying to point her to the fact that he's in the room. The opportunity that he is there, don't miss this opportunity for what he can do in your life. The thing is, worry occurs when we assume responsibility for things that are outside our control. Jesus, Jesus says only a few things are necessary. It's what we see as a great example of just simple faith. All Mary wanted was time with Jesus. Martha just wanted to be focused on the details, focused on what was around her, what she was seeing. But the thing is, worry and faith just don't mix. They just don't mix. A lot of times we have so many things that we have in our life going on. And I believe probably most everybody in this room tonight has got something we maybe have worried about. We're worrying about now. We've got things going on in our life. Maybe you're, you're worried about what you were going to put on tonight, what you were going to wear tonight, what you were going to, what you've done today, what's happening in the future. You know, most of you just like, you know, I'm coming to church. I want to be in his presence. It's not a big deal what I wear. But right now we're in this place. Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it warm? Is it, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, I love the fact we've been here a couple of years. I think we're kind of getting used. We've had a couple winters, but I love to hear now people from Texas when they say it's cold. And I'm like, no, you don't know cold. You don't, you don't know cold. 
And even though they had a bad winter this year and all that kind of stuff, and they had some snow on the ground and and they can't drive, but it's okay, um, they made it through. But what I love to really hear is when people up north say it's hot. Because <laughs> it's like, man, it's so hot outside. It's like 85 degrees. I just can't make it. I'm like, what? It's not hot. It's really not. Well, it almost got to 90. It's still not hot. It's, it's really not. Then we're like, man, it's hot. But you want the snow back? No, 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 no. We want the snow back. But if we could just have this perfect little mix just right in the middle somehow where we don't have too much snow and too much heat and it's just right all the time. We always have that thing of wanting it just right. But also we can, it creates so many things that we can worry. There's always the things in which we worry about. The most notorious faith killer in all of life is worry. What it does to you physically, what it does to us mentally, what it does to us spiritually, how it affects us and how it affects our life. We'll talk about that in just a few moments and bring some of those points up. But worry is, is destructive. Worry is divisive. In Matthew six twenty five through 27 Jesus says this, he said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Or be anxious about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Jesus has given some great instruction and teaching on worry. Right there in that very last sentence, can any one of you worrying at a single hour to your life? What value is there honestly in worry? When you think about it, the things that you've worried and you stressed and you've got, ang- and you've got anxiety over and you got so anxious about, what, what did it do in the long, long run? Did it, did it bring any, did it bring, did it make any change whatsoever? Was there any difference? The more that you sat there, the more frustrated you got over a situation that you first of all could not control, that you couldn't do, do anything to make change, but you sit there and worried about what was going to happen. Can I make it any better? Can I do this? Can I, you're thinking of all this stuff, but you're just worrying over and over, yet there is no change. And all you've done for the past time is just wasted time. What you've done is actually added more things upon you, more weight upon you. It takes things, actually it takes time away from you. It brings the, a, a, a place of division in your life. The, the word worry, used by Matthew translated here, is, as, is, is anxious. It's the Greek term, uh, merity now. It's a combination of two smaller words. Marizo, meaning to divide, or noose, meaning the mind. In other words, a person who is anxious suffers from a divided mind, leaving him or her disquieted or distracted. So when we think about that word, when it means to say that you are anxious, it's dividing your mind. It's, it's causing things in which you think you don't think the right way, you don't think the same way, you don't think the way you should think. It's causing division within your spirit, it's causing division in how you act, how you respond. In verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about uh, your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? So we can go and worry about so many things, but what I believe Jesus is saying right here is stop worrying about life. 
Our, our life is much more valuable than the food we put on the table. Our body much more valuable than the shirt we put on. If God gave us life, which is so very valuable, will he not give us food, which is far lesser value? If God gave us these bodies, which are fearfully and wonderful ma- wonderfully made, will he not give us clothes to cover them? And even further, if God has given us eternal life, will he not provide for our temporal life? Worry. Stress. Anxiety, fear, all these things will cultivate when we begin to worry about every little detail. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus is reminding us here that that God is faithful, that God provides, that he is our provision. That even if he provides to the birds of the air, which do not sow, which do not reap, do not go out and work the ground. They don't go out and they're not out there in the tilling the ground or whatever and and plowing and and working and getting weed. Birds don't do that. They're not out there. They don't have a source. They're not, I mean, they go around picking at the ground. They're looking for every little thing, but that's provision. What's there is left over. God is even providing for the birds of the air. And if he's providing for them, how much more is he going to provide for us as his creation? What he has given, even for those, what he's given everything for of us, he is our provider. Even more than that, he's provided us his son. You think... We look around in our life and we look at so many things in our circumstances, our situations. But God has provided the greatest thing ever is His Son, Jesus Christ. More than provisions of food and resources and whatever we have in our life. But God has even been more faithful than that. He provides us with a, a, a hope. A hope of eternity in Christ Jesus. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The thing is, worry is pointless. Worry is like sitting in the car, in park, starting the car up, you're sitting there, leaving it in the park and just mashing the gas pedal down. Just, oh, <laughs> that's what worry is like. You're not, it's pointless. You're not doing anything. You're not going anywhere. It's not making any improvement whatsoever. It's not doing anything for you to go any any place whatsoever. All you're doing is sitting there, revving up the motor with nothing to show for it. That's what worry is like. It's not going to bring you money. It's not going to bring you food. It's not going to bring you clothing. Worry, Worry only has negative results. It chokes the word of God and it distracts us from God. It's unbelief. It's the opposite of faith. It leads to more fear and anxiety and the different scenarios we play out in our minds can't, that can't can prevent a single thing from happening. And besides that, most of the things we spend so much time worrying about, some of the things we are frustrated about, they never happen. They never happen. All these things that, that pile up in our life usually never happen. We always create, a lot of times we create scenarios for ourselves. We create situations. We create things to worry about. There's a difference when, when people say, well, I'm, I'm focused. You just understand what I have going on in my life. It's not about the fact that you don't have something going on in your life or you're not faced with circumstances or you're faced with family tr- issues or you're faced with finances. You're faced with this. It's the fact in how you walk in those situations is how you handle those situations is how you trust in God in those situations. 
See, worry is the opposite of trusting in God. Worry is trusting in ourselves because we want to, we want to control the situation. We want to be able to handle it. And that's not God's intentions. That's not God's directive or God's goal. We're not meant to walk through life doing it our own. Then what would be, because what would be the purpose of who Jesus is? What would be the purpose of God's grace and mercy and His love and saying, God, get, saying, and put it on me. Let me carry your burdens. Let me, what would be the point if we could do it ourselves? But yet we'll take and we'll worry over so many things. And understand we're going to worry about our children. But instead of worrying, we may should stop sometime and just say, okay, God, you got this. Because we always, when worry takes us to the most negative, awful places in most scenarios and situations. I've had this happen to me countless times. And I don't know how many times this has happened to you, but we'll create scenarios and situations simply from a text. And I don't know if you've ever had this where maybe your boss or somebody says, hey, I need to talk to you today. And that's all they send you. Could you stop by my office? Period. And you're like, okay. And you're like, oh, did I do something wrong? What did I say? Now I done made somebody mad. They left the church. Uh, I'm going to lose my job. I don't know what I did. And so all of these things, you begin to play scenario in your mind. It automatically goes to the worst. It's like some people do that intentionally to mess with you. Hey, come by, I need to talk to you. And it's like, you just read a text and all of a sudden you think it's in that tone. What did you do? Come to me. You know, it's like, how do we read a text and think there's a tone to a text? But somehow we do. We look at it and say, that's not the way you meant it. You don't know the way that it's a text. There's no emotion to it. Well, if you put an emoji there, it tells you what it's, no. Sometimes I mess up and put the wrong emojis. I don't know what's going on there. But the thing is, we will take that situation, that scenario, and we will increase it to the, to the nth degree and say, man, this, this is going to be horrible. It's going to be so bad. I don't know. And you're, so you're, you start freaking out about what's going to take place when you go and sit down with your boss or where it may be. And just about every time it has nothing to do with what you thought it was going to be. But what you did in that process is all of a sudden you created so much stress on your life, so much, so much anxiety, so much fear. You're calling people, pray with me. I've got to go sit down and talk. And they're like, how did it go? Oh, man, it was great. They wanted to give me a raise or something. I mean, I don't know. But it was like, oh, why did I get so upset? I don't know. Why do we? Why do we do those things? We do it all the time with little bitty things and situations. Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Worry weighs a person down. In the NIV of that same scripture, it says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So when we look at worry, we talk about worry or anxiety, the fact that the weight that it brings, the things what it begins to do to our bodies physically. The word worry comes from an old English word, which is worgen, which means to strangle or choke. To strangle or to choke. So worry means to strangle. When we, we It strangles your thoughts and it consumes your mind. It smothers your mind with anxiety, panic, doom, and stress. It isn't reasonable. It exaggerates problems, making mountains out of molehills. It expands the problem, making it bigger than it really is. What it does is it hijacks your mind. 
worry or hijack your mind. You think about that. It's strangling you. The simplest little bitty thing, but what it does to us, it has no purpose whatsoever. I know I've spent way too much time worrying about so many different things in life. And it's easy today. All you have to do is pop on social media. All you've got to do is turn on the news for just a few minutes. All you've got to do is begin to look around, read read something, read an article. And, and nine times out of ten, almost every time you turn on the news, it's always something negative. We don't see a lot of things that's powerful, things that are encouraging, uplifting. It's always something negative. How bad the situation is. How bad it's going to be. How bad it is in politics. How bad it is in our country. We worry about so many different things. Gas prices are jacking up. We worry about what things to say, what things to wear, what places to be, who to be, all these different things. There's so many scenarios that we create and we look around. And it causes panic and it causes chaos. It causes division. You'll see it in communities. Why are you not so upset about the coronavirus? Where this person doesn't really think it's real. Where this person thinks it is. It's the most horrendous thing that's ever happened. And you got somebody where it's not. All of a sudden you have division. And this person is worrying themselves to death. And this person doesn't have a care in the world whatsoever. Or you have other scenarios. Why aren't you supporting this candidate? Why aren't you supporting? And all of a sudden it brings division because there's worry and chaos. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't we speaking out? Why aren't we doing more? Can't you see that we should be worried about what's happening in our country? Yeah, there's definitely things that are happening. But we have a God that is greater than any situation, any scenario that could possibly ever take place. And when we put our faith in somebody else, we're missing the point. We're just scrambling around and missing who's in the room and missing the opportunity to trust God completely. If our faith is in Jesus Christ, then we need to trust that God is going to handle the situation. No matter who is in control or who thinks in control or who is in power and who's running what office and who's doing what thing and who's jacking price up, why ain't things going my way? Is that we learn to trust God, that we have to say, God, you've got this. What Solomon is saying here in the fact of Proverbs is, is that is, not only is this a weight, but it's doing damage to you. It's doing damage to your heart. He says it's a weight on your heart. Jesus instructs us and taught us that worry is one of the most ineffective pastimes that we could do. Not one single hour is added to your life by worrying. Jesus is saying it. He's telling us, stop worrying about and making, creating so many things within our life. Worry affects you in four different ways. It affects you mentally. When you worry, your mind isn't in the right place. Worry can make you anxious. Worry leads to fear in your mind. Worry can paralyze you. Literally, worrying can stop you in your tracks. It affects us emotionally. Worry can lead you to fear, anger, irritation, along with sadness, depression, being overwhelmed, and panic attacks. Emotionally, you get down, you get discouraged, your mood radically changes and hijacks who you really are, all because you worried, all because you focused on that. What begins to happen not only is affect you emotionally, but it affects you in how you begin to respond to other people in your life. How do you begin to respond to your family and to your children and to your spouse? To your co-workers, all of a sudden you're on a short fuse is because you're worried about so many things. Now you're snapping at somebody else. You're, you're snapping your kids' heads off. You're yelling at your wife or your husband because all of a sudden you've worried about all these things. 
all these circumstances, all this stuff that we've built around us, and now we've got to pay these bills, and we've got to pay the bill for this car, we've got to pay the bill for this four-wheeler, we've got to pay the bill for the snowmobile, we've got to pay the bill for the boat and the house, and all this stuff. How are we going to make it? And we've got to get the kids off to this certain club, and this certain team, and this certain thing, and all this stuff is piling on and piling on. And now we begin to respond to one another in anger. And in, in, in speaking a way emotionally that we shouldn't respond to one another. Because worry has set in. Fear has set in. It affects us spiritually. God wants us to be spiritually healthy, to be, to be whole. Worry takes an undeniable toll on ourselves, But most of all, it derails our relationship with God. It distracts us from His provision, His providence, and His goodness. It becomes a distraction. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God doesn't give you the spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. That God doesn't give us the spirit of love, but he, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. It's understanding what God gives us and what God does. If we replace those things that God is promising to do in our life, it's just going to bring confusion and chaos because we want to control it. It also affects us physically. Worrying can make you physically sick. Worrying messes up with your eating, your sleeping, your job performances, your focus, your attention. It it creates all types of physical symptoms within within our bodies. It can do high blood pressure. It gives you sleeping disorders, weight gain, weight loss, nausea. It gives you restlessness, physical symptoms like headaches, muscle tension. It creates so many things. You're walking around with an ulcer. You're, you're losing your hair. And some of you in the room have lost a lot. But anyway, uh, some of you, the fact that it's doing that. Mine started here, now it keeps going up. But anyway, if you see Pastor Paul, just know he's very stressful. Anyway, um, stress leading to anxiety has also been linked to six of the leading causes of death. Think about this. Stress. Leading to six causes, leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis of the liver, and even suicide. How it drives, how it does things in life, how it affects us physically. I want to give you just a few methods for our handling worry and stress and anxiety. The thing is, when we embrace God's light, we see this and we've had this out here through our whole series talking about the light and it being something that shines upon us and gives us direction and helps us to give us clarity and that we use God, use the light as, as ways to shine upon our life. Either we allow his word to shine on or either we deflect what we want God to do. And a lot of times what worry is, is, is deflecting God's God's word is deflecting God, the hope in God is trusting in God, saying, God, I, I don't need you. It's saying, God, I want to push you away because I need to this, this worry and this, I'm going to try to control this on my own. I'm trying to make this happen. I'm, I'm trying to fix the situation on my own because if I worry about it, surely it will correct itself. But we, when we turn the light upon ourselves, it helps us to see that God, these things in our life, they're bringing destruction and chaos. They're bringing division. They're bringing weariness. They're bringing things to our bodies that shouldn't be happening. The way it affects us and saying, God, we need you. We need your word. We need that good word to bring encouragement into our life. How do we combat those things? How do we say, you know what? No longer am I going to deflect what I need God to do, but God, I'm going to embrace what I want from you. That your, that your word is a light unto my feet, a lamp that gives me direction 
It gives me purpose. And it shows that God's word brings that it, it reveals things in our life. Not only do that when we push this away, now we sit in the midst and we can't see as clearly as we should want to see. Everything else now becomes but when we shine God's light upon us, when we embrace the light, now we can see that there's clarity. Now we can see that there's things in life. Now we can look in the mirror and be like, man, I am dog tired because I set up all night worrying. It affects our dreams. It affects our thoughts. We've got to learn to allow those things to be to, in our life to be embraced by God. That light be, brings change. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in in Christ Jesus. So don't be anxious about anything, but whatever it is, in every situation, you give it to God with prayer and petition. You come to God and say, God, here it is. Here's the things in my life. I'm not going to begin to continue to carry these things. The weight of worry, the weight of all that's on in this world, the weight of what's going on, the weight in my family. And yes, it's not discounting what's happening. It's not saying what is going on in your life is not real. But it's the fact that God in this situation, when I'm having to go up to the hospital and sit with family, I can't. If I sit here and worry over it, it's not doing anything. But if I'll stop and allow your light and your word to understand, I need to come to you in prayer. And God, I need to give this to you because there's no way I'm going to do anything by worry. It's not going to change a single thing. It's not going to help my situation. It's not going to help the person that's walking through the trials. It's not going to help us as a family. But if we sit down as a family and we we connect together and unite together and we begin to pray and we begin to believe and let God work and let God have it and, and lay it on Him and say, and God says, give it to me. He actually says it in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. I mean, cast all your worries on Christ Jesus because He cares for you. All your stress, all the situation, all the circumstances that you cast it on to Christ. And God will carry those things. God will take you through. God will begin to lift you up. God will begin to strengthen you. God will begin to bring joy and begin to understand that let him move in your life. What are some ways that we can begin to see and let God work in our life and to deal with these things in which we worry we can begin to worship more? These are no particular order from top to bottom. It's just a list of some things is, is worship. To become into his presence. We allow the atmosphere to shift, to, to, to change. I love the fact sometimes when things are just not going right at home or whatever it may be or just been a bad day, you, you stop, you, you, you put on the worship music. And you just sit in his presence and all of a sudden... The atmosphere shifts. The atmosphere, atmosphere in your room, in your living room, in your home will begin to change because now you're not focused on the circumstances, but now you're focused on Christ. And you begin to lift Him up. You begin to worship. To understand He's worthy of our praise. We begin to pray. I know it seems obvious that we should pray, but probably we don't do it as the first thing that we go to. We worry and we stress. And we try to write down all the things that we can do to fix it. To make it better. We make a list. Well, if I do this, this, and this. But if we'll just pray and give it to God. Praying through stress requires us to focus on the Lord. It reroutes our primary attention from an earthly issue to a heavenly father. It begins to 
change the way we think. Things we can do is ask for help. Ask for help. When the load seems overwhelming, seems insurmountable, ask for help. Don't try to be the Lone Ranger and carry things on your own, but ask for help. Talk with family and sit down. Include your family together in decisions. Include your family that you pray together, you worship together, but you understand is saying, I can't do this. We've got to do this together. Seek community. That means your family, your hope family, your church family. That's seeking that community. What we begin to do, we do together because as a body of Christ, we don't do this alone. As one is hurting, we're all hurting. It was one is joy, we're all in joy. It affects each other, but it's willing to come to one another and saying, will you help me walk through this? As a family, leaning into your small groups, leaning into your church family, leaning into opportunity, just calling and saying, I need to sit down and talk with somebody because right now life seems overwhelming. Seek those opportunities to, to be together. One of the last things we can do is read Scripture. Be in God's Word. God's Word repeatedly reminds us why worry and anxiety do not come from God. And meditate on the truth of Scripture and invite the Holy Spirit to work in your heart. As we go through these practices, these are things that are going to re- help, help recalibrate our spiritual response to, to, to stressors that disrupt our equilibrium. We've got to remember that we serve a mighty God. An incredible God. A powerful God that reigns over every inch of our lives and promises to work all things out for the good of those who love Him. And He will align our perspective. He will shift us from worry into a place of walking in more trust and in faith. When you read the words of Jesus, do you believe what you're reading? Are you holding on to those truths? Do you trust and believe that saying, God, what you say is what you will do? Or is it only when certain circumstances go your way? Well, I believe it for this, but you didn't do this over here. When you say you won't leave or forsake, I'm not quite sure if I can trust that because maybe... I worried so much about this and it didn't happen the way I hoped it was going to happen. But when you look and you read and and God's word is coming to that place in faith and trusting and, and saying, God, what your word is speaking, I believe it will happen. Regardless of the situation, of the circumstances, regardless of the outcome, I'm going to trust you. Because worry is not going to add an hour to that. She stand with us this evening as we take some moment to worship. To spend some time in his presence just saying, God, I give some things to you tonight. I give scenarios and situations and worry and doubt and fear and anxiety and I give it to you. I take the burden off and I lay all this on you and say, God, carry me through. Can we stand tonight and let's just worship him.
Just give the Lord some praise before we dismiss tonight. Amen. I want to encourage you tonight that you continue to pursue what are the worries in your life? How can you continually trust God and give those things to Him? Father, I thank you tonight. And I just pray a blessing, God, Father. Lord, whatever fear and anxiety and and doubts and worry for those in this room tonight, God, that just need your supernatural touch of your Holy Spirit to come into the life. God, the reality, there's circumstances, there's things in life, there's things that we're battling. There is the reality that they are real. But Father, that we lean into you and we trust you tonight. We give those situations to you. We give our children over to you. Those that have been running, those that have been having things happen, God, that right now we just, we turn them over to you. Those that are battling just 
sickness and those are things in their body father we we ask for your miracle working hands to be upon them we ask for god for healing to take place those that are struggling right now god you show up and you show yourself to be real and faithful and true father we thank you for that in jesus name and i want to encourage you tonight as you go that you would go and become fully devoted followers of jesus christ that you let god love you that you would love him in return and you would love others in jesus name Go be the church. Amen. God bless you.